Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. Thanks everyone for watching. Um, we're gonna try things a little bit different today. We got a little new camera set up. Shout out John Harley giving us the new Zoom uh, Q2, whatever, and 4K usually. But guess what? We ain't got time for 4K, baby. 1080 And guess what? Maybe one day we will if you join the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Big Mark Pod. Uh, check it out. Support the podcast. Lots of tiers out there for you to choose from. Super fun. Um, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, ring that bell. Make sure you get the notification so every every time we release a, a, a video, you get to see it. And then, of course, we're we're everywhere else. So if you got some time, rate the podcast. Give us the best rating you can give. And hey, if you want to give some feedback too, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, dude, just but uh, out here shredding tears, man. You know what I'm saying? So just anyway, crying. here we are today, and I'd like to welcome back in front of the camera this time. Yeah, yeah. changing Cr it up, Christian Albin. I mean, he's hey. been he's been beside us before, but hey. We'd love to have him back. Yeah. Thank you for having me, my man. How's it's, it going? It's good. Good, Thank good. You. Life's always better on this side of the camera, too, you know? That's little, right, baby. Like, just a little aura, a little nice. shine. Right on. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, we were kind of uh, talking a little bit about, you know, before things started here, we're talking about, so I, I was just reading this book, uh, Behave by Robert Sapolsky, and super cool guy. He's a doctor. He, uh, he specializes in... Um, in uh like genetic research and stuff Correct. he's a genetic research and a genetic biologist and he's got a lot of really interesting views there's one like he's kind of well known for um some of the, some of the information that he's put out on toxoplasmosis gondii right. which is this parasite that we were talking about mm -hmm. which for anyone who's just listening and hasn't heard it before um it is um this parasite that uh, essentially um, it affects cats' brains and it can actually get into humans too, but the way it actually gets into their brain is um, it infects um, rats. Actually, sorry, it lives in the cat's gut, I should say. It lives in the cat's gut, the but it, live, it gets through, gets into a mouse's brain, and then um, what it does is it flips the switch in the mouse's brain and it makes it attracted to cat urine, uh, like which it's usually completely terrified of. It's completely abhorrent. It doesn't want anything to do with that. Um, but somehow this parasite Crazy. can get into its brain and flip the switch, which is insane. Mm -hmm. And essentially, so obviously these mice, they come out in the day. They come out of hiding where they're usually staying away from these from these cats. And all of a sudden they just come at them hard and the, the cats end up eating them, obviously. And then... Um, uh, that's how the parasite gets into their gut. So then the cat shits, and then that's how it can get into human brains. So how does it get in, in, into the human brain part exactly from the So shitting? if it's, like, because it's, like, it's a parasite, it's, like, it's kind of going to be, like, around, like, it might so it's be, like, like airborne? on the cat's fur a little bit, okay. and then all of a sudden you, you pet the cat, and then you touch your face and stuff like that, or, like, eat the you eat food, whatever, like... Unfortunately, with cats, humans are handling their poo a lot, right, with... with um, um, litter with the boxes, litter and stuff, yeah. right? So they're kind of exposed to their to their feces a lot, and uh, yeah, that's how it can kind of right. That's how it can kind of get transferred into the brain. And it's really interesting that um, I kind of heard this statistic in passing, so don't take it a complete um, take it as with a grain of salt. But um, essentially, um, drive by just happened. Yeah, essentially <laughs> about about eighty percent. I've heard eighty percent of motorcycle accident victims have this toxoplasmosis, which is crazy. And I heard like a really high number of um, Brazilian soccer players. Again, this Weird. is like super bro science, but 
I heard that, again, it's just really... Because apparently it kind of can create this more risk-taking behavior in humans. So it's like motive is to make you more aggressive, more risk riskier? Like Because potentially if you're more riskier, mm. you might die. And then once you're dead, they can then be passed on to the next thing and keep just keep going and going. Like, who knows how these parasites work, right? Like, sure. you can only assume in, su- in the simplest terms that they're just trying to find the, the, the easiest way to continue to procreate, right? Like, everything's just trying to replicate over and over and over, and I think maybe that's just their way somehow through trial and error and uh, evolution and just, like, yeah. how things worked. Somehow they figured that out. And there's other... There's other toxins and other parasites out there that exist that that they also like make animals change their behavior. And it's really strange because so basically the the Sapolsky thing with that is that he does this research on genetics and behavior. And, you know, that's a clear sign there that somewhere at least that that's what they think, that this parasite is working on switching genes on and off in these mice's brains. <coughs> And um, that's what's actually changing their behavior, which is really interesting. Because again, you know, Sapolsky, you know, he mentions in this book behave, which which I'm I'm actually still currently reading. Um, so I haven't got through the whole thing yet. What have you gone I through will, so far? I will admit, about halfway through. What do you guys? Um, what have you read he, about? He's done a lot of kind of like introduction still in the book sure. of like a lot of like neuroanatomy and stuff, and just how kind of general genetic stuff kind of works so he's kind of saying that like it's interesting because really what genetics do is it brings up the question of um like nature versus nurture sure obviously right so it's like um you know how like how much does our our genetics actually predispose us to to what we're going to become um like what we're born with is that a complete blueprint of what we're going to be is that a guideline is that does it have really nothing to do with it and it's all it's all environment like one of the one of the things he said in the book Sapolsky said in the book was animals with more genes tend to be more susceptible to environmental changes hmm. so it's animals with less or organisms with less genes that are actually going to probably stay the same and not be an and pass their genetic variants down through through generations um, without a lot of environmental change where with humans and the, the biggest the biggest issue with human genetics is that um, basically you may have that gene but whether it's turned on or off is one thing and then whether you experience that that behavior or something happens to you in life that you're more susceptible because of that gene being on so for example, um, there's a there's a gene that makes you more susceptible to schizophrenia, mm. and that can be passed on, and that's part of the reason why they say schizophrenia is genetic, um, is because of this gene. And if it's switched on, and then you have like uh, a, a, a traumatic event or some type of uh, abuse or episode or something mm-hmm. happens, there's probably a more likely chance that you're going to kind of tip over into that more in, mm-hmm. into into uh, turning on that, or, or sorry, I should say more like anxiety and depression in that sense. So there are genes for anxiety and depression, just as the schizophrenia one. Those would probably be more apropos, that if you experience some trauma, that you're more likely to fall into an anxious or depressive state. And again, both those are, both those are kind of uh, um, 
gender based too that you know you see a little bit more autism and schizophrenia in males and then you see a little bit more anxiety and depression in females so it just it depends on if you have that gene and then if something bad happens to you then you'll then you'll probably again still probably Mm -hmm. turn out the way that that gene would you know as we say predict what's going to happen but there's no there's no real prediction and that's the hardest part is that we have we have a lot of genes not not infinite amount but we have a lot of genes that that there's enough that they can be affected by the environment and um that that is the hardest part about genetics because Mm -hmm. essentially they just say genetics are these predicting factors people are doing mapping the genome they're looking at genetics before the child's born to say hey is this child going to be whatever are they going to have any disabilities are they going to have any you know anything wrong with them whatever quote unquote like you know abnormal abnormalities and again um basically genes load the gun but environment pulls the trigger Mm. so like yeah genes can kind of set you up but if your environment is different um then it'll go a whole other way that's so totally unpredictable which is super cool so again that's the thing is that what what is that thing like deep down that is going in and switching on those on Mm. and off those genes again we talked we started talking about this this uh parasite thing so some there is a channel obviously into the brain to create some type of and whether whether the parasite uses chemical messengers or something i'm not 100 percent sure but we know that it's changing the behavior of of these of these mice so what about those genes actually do modulate a behavior mm. and therefore what about a behavior then then goes back to modulate the genes right. right and that's where i think things get a little bit more cosmic where we're getting into a little bit more of the collective unconscious or then i think rupert sheldrake's you know ideas that we talked about before mm-hmm. last last time we were on about um about the uh harmonic resonance and everything that um that's you know that's that whole thing where there's some kind of idea that is being passed on almost through sure. through these genes. And our behavior then goes on and switches switches on yeah. and off genes. And then those genes then go and back and re- regulate our behavior. So it's right. almost like this like Yeah, there's there's feedback. there's definitely gotta be something said for that happening. Mm-hmm. But I think at the core, it would have to be mm-hmm. some sort of like chemistry thing to begin with. Okay. Would, would it not? Sure. It, it, it could. In, in some sense, usually, right? Usually like physiologically. Yes. Right. Because like that's how you would um, obtain it. So I'm assuming that's maybe how like the source would come about. Sure. But then at some point too, it's almost like inner, in, inner, uh, in this like intelligence almost like kind of also adapts to it in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you're able to like the crazy stat 80% of bikers or uh, bike yeah. accidents brains. Right. Like I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a huge percentage. Sure. Something like that. I mean, again, you know, so it's it like, got a, yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I'll just got to finish off with a point on how like the, for it to change their chemistry in such yeah. a way for them to take more risks and endanger themselves, but also be cool with it. It's almost like just like a different perspective on it, you know, which is so crazy because to them, they might like, what, what other signs are there for humans? And to show like they got this parasite that they that they have toxoplasmosis. I'm yeah, hundred percent sure. No, Jack, you wanna you wanna just search real quick. Just um, I, we got Jack Williams on behind oh, this yeah. helping us out. Goes goes haywire. We got the trio, man. The triangle of love yeah, here, bro. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
yeah, these boys are going to be starting a podcast soon. We mentioned last time. Yeah. But I uh, can't wait to be on. Yes. Soon am, up. Am I going to be the first guest? We should, yes. Nice. We, we should definitely have you for sure as the first So guest. So what's toxoplasmosis saying there, Jackie B? So what are we looking for now? Uh, j- what are symptoms of toxoplasmosis in humans? In human so sapiens because and beings. Again, it's saying like risk-taking behavior, but are there any other ones just for, hey, anyone listening? Right, <laughs> Make sure. sure if you've got a cat, be careful. Right. Because <laughs> actually... Let's see what Google says. Oh, yeah, man. Um, it's so nuts. Lung problems. Okay. Okay. Uh, so maybe like vision. breathe it in. Maybe humans breathe it in. That's how it gets into humans. Mm-hmm. Potentially. I could imagine so. Like, again, if you're talking like the environment of cats and right. shit and like cat's owner, again, you guys brought up like litter box, like that alone is just creating like, yeah. like you're just, you're just around. Is that, is that a way to catch so it? Like airborne about if you're, probably, if you're, if it's you're probably a parasite, yeah. if you're, if you're a, a conscious, somehow conscious parasite, you're thinking about, all right, there's this other, <coughs> there's this other thing around us. There's this cat that cats are, especially domestic house cats. They're almost always associated with a human. So like as the parasite, you'd be like, now there's this other organism that we could potentially infect. Mm-hmm. And right, if they're mm-hmm. always just, if it's all like, because the way I kind of understand like bacteria and vi- virology and all that, it's just like this, like you're just, they're just constantly trying to grow their territory. It's just like the Roman Empire. They're just constantly trying to grow. They don't even know why. Mm. It's just Conscious, chaos. Right. And it's yeah. just like, we're just trying to get big. And then there's other forces of nature trying to keep that, that down. And when it gets haywire, bad stuff happens, uh, i.e. pandemics, i.e. mold, even just growing on your stuff, right? There's yeah, always, yeah, for sure. There's always a little battle even happening like in your food. And once those good bacteria lose the battle, the bad bacteria take over. Same in your gut. Like yeah. that's, a, that's my understanding more or less of how like bacteria and viruses kind of just, and, and parasites, I should say, kind of just do it. Life's a constant battle, man. And they're just trying to, to just keep stay living and and reproduce and just keep keep going and keep going right so if if you're if you're like a conscious parasite you're gonna go hey look there's this giant organism that's also always around these cats that we've been infecting how can we get into them because again obviously there's a lot of do you think uh, you have this parasite me yeah i I had a cat for a while (laughs) But I don't ever, I don't see myself as like a risk. You sounded so offended. Me? <laughs> no, I just like, I don't know. I didn't even think. I could never have a parasite. Me? <laughs> no, I meant like. Uh, no cats uh, in this bun. Um, I had a cat for a little bit. Its litter box like was in the basement far away from us that we didn't go to very often. 80%. And I don't consider myself a very risk taking person. So if I was like fingers crossed oddly risk taking like I don't I don't sure. even like roller coasters and stuff like I don't so maybe who really? knows I've never been tested sure. I did have a buddy who was around who had some mental health issues and his family had a cat but no one ever did any tests or anything it must have been some pretty stinky shit for sure <sighs> who know like again who knows right like I don't know if literally every cat has it I don't know if sure. if, if there's if maybe if there's no mice around how is it ever going to get it Right. Like was there any the, like regional the, stats on this stuff? I don't know. Are there any to- toxoplasmosis stats? Like most like predominant areas for it to be a thing? Because right. even when you mention like motorcycle accident, mm-hmm. to me I think of like East Asia, Asia area where there are more bike accident stuff there. Because culturally too, they seem to you know munch on a few of those things. Like yeah, you know. Well, they're they're 
a little cockroaches, bit more open dogs, stuff like that. Right. So who knows Cat. what types of parasites, right? Because sure. I was going to say there's there's only so many diseases out there that do actually transfer from animals to humans. Yeah, a lot of them are just in in the animal. There are vectors they call them like between the the animal and humans. Like with with the, what they told us about COVID, it was like a bat. Right mm. and like right. Uh, Ebola, they said was like a monkey at some point. I AIDS, it was they pig. said, or is a pig it or was pangolin? Pig. Was something COVID like that. Even now, yeah, right, like a pang, like a bat bit a pangolin. Yes, like it was this wild thing. So there has to be like some vectored other animal in between. Crazy. So one of the worst I've heard from Steve Ranella. Shout out Steve Ranella, Meat Eater Podcast. Um, he talks about uh, there's like this muscle wasting disorder that deer have. And, and like literally it's like chronic muscle wasting and uh, they get it and literally their muscles Is that when they're just like zombified? Like, just, they just look like skeletons. Like their mm. freaking muscles just waste away. Mm. And I don't know if that's a parasite or a, a bacteria of some type, but it's some type of disease. Yeah, it looks like. And um, they said if, if that jumps to humans, it's going to be bad, bad, bad. So yeah. Anyway, just, just go to bed, wake up overnight, be fucking your skinny. arms gone. Like essentially, gone. yeah, like you just you like just never work out like ever. Your femur. Oh, it's like, hey, sure. dude. So Peace. yeah, you know. so to answer the question okay. you guys asked, it's mostly found in like warm, moist climates, okay. which like relates again to like being airborne. Yeah, if you got a load of like cat shit everywhere. Yeah, and then yeah. it's just getting warmed up. Yeah, it's talking by the. Yeah, that's the thing. And like equator. certain cultures are more Sniffers. apt to have cats. Like not yeah. every. I mean. Mm. I wonder what the, what that what that is like, but a lot of cultures are are kind of closer to cats, I'd say, than others. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, obviously, look yeah. at like Egyptian, ancient it, Egyptian. They're definitely culture. symbolizing a lot of different cultures for sure. Big time, yeah. and like people like the have feral cats. cats. Even mm-hmm. just animals in general are, are pretty. Like in certain cultures, are much more respected, I'd say, than than we right. than we do in some some cases. For like, sure. it's it varies person to person in our culture. I find. Oh yeah. Um, you either a cat person or a dog person or, or dog whatever, person, maybe. and even if you are one of the two, like you either really love them or right. they're more like they're like your pet. And sure. like if it's a dog, they're like this is my fucking dog yeah, it sleeps my... outside. Right. Like I love it, but I'm if I have to kill it because it's rabid, I'm not gonna cry. But then there's some people where it's like literally it's like my per- best friend, it's a family member, right. and they'll pay grands to make sure that it's okay. And like I totally respect that my my. <clears throat> Grandmother and aunt were like that. Like when a dog or cat died, it was like losing a family member. Big deal. So I get it. Like it was a big, big deal. So some people are like that. And um, I was kind of a little bit more. Um, you know, just hit the space bar there, Jackie, just so it doesn't go to sleep on us. Um, and thanks, brother. Producer. Um, yeah, that's what that's what we got. Kind of camera tings, Step yeah. in. Yeah, um, skinny menrus. But yeah, like. <laughs> It's interesting. So it's nice to hear that it's, it exists more in warmer climates. So maybe it's not as prevalent in Canada. And sure. We're in a again, subhumid. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that has something to do with maybe it. Because it gets cold. I mean, still. Do like, extra cleans in the summer. We keep freaking tropical <laughs> plants Winter inside, cleanse, so dude. So it's not like they can't Just live inside. Just the freeze over. Like they might be able to live inside somehow. We, we, we do have like, people are able to keep tropical plants and keep things inside. So. It maybe maybe it can exist, yeah, but just warm. again, really interesting and and again, just the fact that it, it's almost mm-hmm. it almost even speaks a little bit to psychedelics that like something can get into our brain chemistry mm-hmm. or even like the brain like anatomy right and just little thing it's a little tiny thing it just takes to just change your entire outlook behavior yeah. perspective whatever whatever obviously in these case of these parasites and in for the bad. 
well, in the case wow. of the parasite, for the good, but Either depends way, on your perspective. Right? <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, it's like I always saw that, like, you know, even taking like LSD and stuff, like it's like little one little <laughs> square of paper. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, it's tasteless, odorless, goes in my tongue. And next thing you know, I'm seeing the universe, right? <laughs> and, and like that's to me just again reiterates that this, this reality just isn't always, it, it always, it isn't everything. It isn't the whole story. Mm. And I think so many people are living their daily lives that that is everything. Well, yeah. I think what, what you brought up earlier was really interesting how you mentioned that parasite getting in and like something cosmic changing the genes, like turning on, just like on and off switch. Mm-hmm. What's doing that right now without us having the parasite? Mm-hmm. And what's it do? What is it controlling that? Right. I think that's the whole cosmic stuff and the whole like morphic resonance area. Like in what way does that for one change it to begin with with the parasite mm-hmm. and then two you can even dive deeper and say like what is it how am i being controlled now what are the genes being turned on off and what is controlling those genes being turned on and off right now right well there's so there's the there's how many plasmas right how many plasmas we got going on that we don't know about right that's like changing how i react and act in different situations based off what i might have had or ate or whatever in the past mm-hmm. even traveling like sure. what if I had something in some other country and brought it over here and I'm still it's still in my brain? COVID. Don't know. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, is that feedback? And then I come back happier. It's making me happy because it's with, changing my. Genes. Where the genes influence behavior, yeah. but you the behavior influences genes, and the right. genes and it's this constant loop of your behaviors are are, you know, according to some of the science, are changing these genes. Mm. So there is this school of thought called behavioralism. It was. Uh, one of the one of the biggest proponents of it was the scientist B.F. Skinner. Um, I think it was I think it was kind of really coined in the in the forties and fifties. It was not very old, but it was this whole this whole idea um, that that essentially um, there's not really any like human free will. That we yeah, are just complete slaves of our behavior. Robert was saying the same thing. He's well, talking about that with like violence. That's the behavioralist. Mm-hmm. That's the big stuff. The behavioralist stuff that Sapolsky talks all the time yeah. is that we have that our behavior. Again, it's as I was talking about that feedback loop. It's more so that it the behavior dominates that loop. Right. That again, the more the 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 as the behavior is rewarded, then you continue to do it, and then you're just you're just led by a series of behaviors. You're not you're not you're not really right. you know thinking okay I'm gonna go do this because I want to because of my free will. Right. You're just about to do that because of infinite amount of moments, like you said, infinite amount amount of moments up into the present have led you mm-hmm. to then make this decision. Crazy. You think that's true? It's tough, man. I remember learning it in school, and it was like really like even it was when, heavy. Like huge. Think about it. Even when you pause yourself. Yeah, is that maybe that's why habits are so powerful, right? Yeah, without a doubt, go further. It's it's a strong, strong possibility. Like, like what could the habits do for you? Well, again, just kind of what what you said, it creates that cycle, like behaviors, which would eventually create your gene based off of that, right? So mm-hmm. then you're changing your whole environment, and just like you said, the the environment would pull the trigger, but your habits would be the like, if, like internal being changed. Yeah, like if behavioralism is true mm-hmm. how many behaviors can you have right mm-hmm. like you know what i mean it, it goes so far to suggest there's only like one because you're looking well, backwards it, but imagine looking forwards with like right. a multiplicity of options sure right so it's like what's the thing that jumps it, us we're from trying to determine kind of just find choice. the easiest way oh, so that's 
But that's the idea, is yeah. that we're trying to find the, the, the path of least resistance through behavior. So if we just continue to do Should the right behavior, don't? eventually it, things are just going to go... like mm. it's, it's this strange human existence thing. It's this paradox mm. that there's always this endless thing that we'll strive for, even though it's unattainable. And it has to be unattainable for us to strive for it. Mm. I asked this question on our first shroom trip to you. Okay. And I don't know if you remember saying the answer to this. Okay. But I asked you, like, to the core, why? Just life, what's the point? Why? Just And you're like, because it just gives us something to do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Classic. That sounds like me. And it clicked for, like, it's turn to flip switch for me. Just boom. Yeah. Ah. Well, because again, like we, we have, there's, there's a, there's a great possibility that at some point we have decided to, to, to join the human experience mm-hmm. that outside of this 3d reality, we actually have a choice of where to go. And was it one of you two that you were telling you guys had a dream about like, you could like pick like yeah. a, a, an experience. Yeah. Was that you? Yeah. Where you were like, I could like jump off a cliff and pop something up and like, fly and then down. like it was almost like a little bit like uh, if you got, if you've anyone's watched Midnight Gospel, mm-hmm. you know mm. how Clancy like chooses like what incarnation he oh, wants to go. That's yeah. what that reminded me of, right? Right, where it's like, man, that's how my dreams some. And are, that's dude. like that is based, I think, on a Buddhist principle of like at a certain point, at a certain point, like between life and death. You get to choose like which which time which experience to do. What experience? But the the cost is that you forget that you chose from before. Yeah, right. that you chose to join that until it's over, mm. and then you're like, oh, right, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. If Alan Watts has a line about that where he's like, if you could dream a dream, like if you could dream any dream you wanted to any night, eventually you would dream the dream that you forget it's a dream mm. and that you right. have no control. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you would first start with like all the vast riches and everything you've ever wanted right. and you do personal relationships and da 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 and eventually you get to the point well eventually you get to the point where you just be like yeah let me have it completely random like i have no idea what's coming next and right that's so what he like manifestation yeah. well that's yeah. like Im- imagine if we were playing a game and it was an infinite game at a certain point <sighs> you'd get a f- you'd get bored of the rules the, and be like i want to this the game is, of life man right like if you are manifesting it completely you would literally go all right, I'm going to just turn off the fact that I know that this is a game. Sure. I'm just going to do that because I know I'm safe. That's a part of the game. I know I'm perfectly safe (laughs) because the spirit is eternal. But yet when I'm also (laughs) turning off, it's like settings on your, on your video game. Right. You're turning up like full damage. You're turning up like if, if you die, you die. Infinite ammo. dude. Right. No, no extra lives. Yeah. Right. This is life. You get one shot and sometimes, and sometimes you, if you, live like in a certain way you might be more there might be a greater possibility of you dying and then sometimes you can play it safe and then you can live a a long life and it might be safe or whatever but as soon as you do die Mm. maybe there's this whole thing where it's like oh that was this game i just decided to do my mirror moment i wonder if like being a good person or a bad person has an influence on the choice that you can make after karma right right karma exactly like what if me being a douchebag and just a shitty person mm-hmm. all my life versus someone who you know is goes by morals and i guess like intuition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know versus fighting that off and being like a, some like i don't know repentful person 
Mm-hmm. Does that have influence on the choice that I can make into the next life? Mm-hmm. Like, nope, you only can make so many decisions. Right. Like, there's like a cap because you didn't succeed yeah. the, right. the main mission mean. of the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I see that a little bit more as it's a little bit, I think it might be more subjective. I think mm-hmm. what we would what we would experience would be so totally objective that it wouldn't see things as like bad or good. Like, it'd be like, that was an experience. Mm. Maybe it wasn't like, maybe didn't uh, get you close. Like, again, this is the thing is like, what do we actually want to attain? Because right. I think once we're past life, like that we're talking past and like that's an maybe enlightenment. But we're now in this whole new, we're now in this whole new realm where we're looking at our previous and, po- and post lives. It's like, what it, it's like at that point, how much more do you want? Right. Mm-hmm. So. At that point, I feel like we would transcend like good and bad and right. evil and, sure. and good. Because again, it's that yin-yang symbol, right? Right. And the yin-yang symbol isn't a picture. It's a movie. Sure. There's, it's move, there's movement in it. There's, there's the, the dark, big fishtail, uh, looks like a tadpole. Then there's the white looking thing. And the big, thick meat of the white has a big black dot in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then it trails off infinitely into that tail. Because it's a circle, it's infinite. And the same thing at the black. And there's a little bit of dark in the light and there's a little bit of light in the dark. And that is that whole idea that one isn't good and one isn't bad. It's all relative. Hmm. And one thing needs to exist for the other. The The dark needs to exist for the light to shine. And the log needs to exist to burn. Mm -hmm. But like Viktor Frankl says, you know, what burns brightly must endure burning right so mm. you, there has to be a, a, a entropy or there has to be a destruction for there to be a, a rebuilding mm. but people are so afraid of that destruction right because it can seem so dangerous or 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 painful that we avoid it at all costs mm. and that doesn't jump that there's doesn't water exist. at the bottom yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> And that doesn't that doesn't lead to any new revelations because you're just avoiding mm. what we think is scary and it's the unknown. But uh, Mar- Marabai Bush, really, really cool. She's like she's super big in like the Buddhists like Ram Das and Krishna Das and um, Marabai Bush. She said, why be afraid of the unknown? Because you don't know anything about it. Shouldn't be scary. It's, you don't even know. So why are you afraid of something you, you don't know about? But yet, that is the, one of the scariest things for anyone to even try and comprehend. And I think, again, certain aspects of art and meditation and psychedelics can delve into that darkness or that unknown, sorry. And there's, it's not dark. There's much more information right. there. There's just as much, right? Like right. there's... There's sorry, not much more, but there's just as much information as there is in the light. Right. And I think everyone tries to go to the light, and you know, mm. a lot of main religions mm. are all about sure. renouncing Satan and right. renouncing evil and bad, bad, mm. and you're bad, and be punished for your sins and live in this purgatory. Yeah. Like, you know, even what you were saying, like, will the lives we lead affect the the lives after? Maybe, but that's kind of a Christian idea, right? Mm. Where there's going to be this purgatory that if you do something wrong now. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to live in this purgatory where nothing happens. And then all of a sudden you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven. You're going to be judged. It's like right. there's all these other things after life. It's like 
we have no idea what's going to go down there. And, you know, as long as it, and if you taste, if you, if you get to experience certain things in this reality, i.e. doing certain psychedelics and you realize there's so much more past this reality, you don't really get ideas like that as much. You get more ideas like what we're talking about, that you get to go and you get to choose where you get to go and all this stuff. And there's so much more uh, personal like um, agency, I feel, in in those moments rather than this purgatory where you're so helpless or even in hell and you're being poked with, with pitchforks and burning and shit and you're like, ah, like... I see so much more power and control in the best way, in the in the nicest, most positive way with this idea that now that I've seen a little bit past this veil of reality, that I can say, hey, there's so much more. And these ideas that there's going to be this purgatory and this judgment are based on 3D ideas. It's based on, you know... Human creation. If I, if I mm-hmm. punch you, you're going to be hurt. If mm-hmm. I drop a rock on my toe it's gonna like there's Mm. certain rules in this reality that will give you ideas like oh there's gonna be punishment there's gonna be all this bad stuff also don't get me wrong there's all this in in organized religion there's a lot of mass control because that's how they used to take that's how they used to take care of the people back in the day like peasants out in the wilderness they gave them the idea that god is always watching them watching over them but also watching their bad stuff so that they don't go killing people and robbing villages and raping and this and that so it's great but all those ideas of control and guilt um were bastardized through all the through all the centuries where popes were using that for for their own gain and power and then there wasn't really a separation between church and state so a lot of those rules became laws and then even today, we're still dealing with a lot of that stuff that was purely Christian or religious ideals that have now become laws or even just values that we look at in Western society as, as good and bad. A lot of it's just developed from these organized religion ideas that, don't get me wrong, there's a, there is a kernel of truth to all those religions. And the golden rule is real, like treat others as you want to be treated. And the biggest thing I always took away from Jesus was that the, he said that the kingdom of power, or the sorry, the kingdom of heaven is within you, right? Like that's the biggest thing I always took away from Christianity is that literally Jesus, God, is saying God is within you. You don't have to go and find him anywhere else. And, I, and I, to me, that is, that is the true nugget of, that, of, of Christianity, that we are God, Right, just as we've learned through psychedelics, that I am you and you are me, we are all God and we are all this one large consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's I think how Jesus is telling us that. Right. Eat and my then, bread. Right. Have and have some shrooms. Teach a man to fish. <laughs> right. Eat my body. Right? right. That's what Jesus says, eat yeah. my body, eat, drink eat my, my blood. Bread, eat my body, yeah. And become me. as me. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's like eating mushrooms. You become as God. As as one. And that's why there's been a lot of pushback on the church against psychedelics because they want to be the only road to God. They don't want to have you able to just go pick some shit in the woods, chew on it and talk to God one-on-one. Like they, you know, they want to be able to control that racket. And again, unfortunately that's just been bastardized through all that, all that, everything I just said, all the church and state stuff. And that's why they, when they came over and started North America, they wanted to separate it as much as they could. Because even, even up until that point, 
there was lots of religious um, influence on the ch- on the state because mm. a lot of the state were still monarchies and kings and queens and stuff. So mm-hmm. they all had they all had like a a bishop or a pope or like a cardinal to go talk to, and he would he would go and he would um, uh, tell them what to do and be like send, God says send a pigeon. everything's going to be all good or whatever, right? Like who knows how these guys were, right? If if they were smart, they might have not even bought it, and they're just like, hey, yeah, God said do this, do that. You know what I'm saying? So. It's really interesting that, unfortunately, that's where that went because it probably all started from, you know, potentially plant medicine experiences and psychedelic experiences where, you know, you talked about what we talked about with Sarah, the stoned ape theory, right? Where mm-hmm. at some point, if if our, our previous ancestors, some type of ape-like creature ate like enough mushrooms to be not hungry anymore. Like I'm not even saying, oh, they ate a couple mushrooms. I'm saying literally they were hungry, like st- like starving That's in the woods, and they found all and they found all these mushrooms. Like yes, we're stoked, yeah. and they ate it up, and then they're like, oh, I'm full now. <laughs> That's how much mushroom they ate. Like think about it. <laughs> you can eat five grams, which is really like a mouthful. That's how about like the, I think the average bite is like if you took a bite of a sandwich, it was like it's like three grams. Mm-hmm. So literally a bite can like send you to Mars. Mind you, they were probably eating fresh. So usually when you eat fresh mushrooms, you kind of have to eat a lot more than dried. Right. But still, imagine just being this ape-like creature and your friggin' brain is just being fried. Just talking to God. 100%. Well, like if, if there's never been an idea, like you grew. think about like how, how, did, how does the idea of God even come up? And like that's, that, that's where it could have happened. You know, the idea like, wow, we are part of something bigger. Even that alone, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's probably like one of the first lessons you learn, I, I think, like on psychedelics, is that we are a part of something much, much bigger than than what we see with our sen- what we see and taste and feel and touch and hear with our senses. Um, which I think a lot of people don't ever ex- experience anything even close to that. So again, think about you're just living your life based on these 3D reality rules and you're going to have a lot of issues because if there's so much more to the reality, you're missing so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying in any shape or form I know what these other aspects of reality are. I just know that there's more to it. And just that that perspective, small little perspective mm-hmm. switch uh, change has given me a lot of peace and it's given me a lot more understanding of a lot of people and their situations and just, you know, we're all looking at the same thing. It's just a different angle. Right. Cause, and that's it's the thing when we look at each other, it's a mirror, right? right? It's not, you know, it, it, it is a reflection of us. And especially when we do have, uh, resistance and trouble with people, that's usually highlighting, the part that we need to, uh, the part that we need to really look at ourselves too, mm-hmm. right? More than ever, yeah. Right, um, but uh, yeah, it's like I, I think again, that's the one thing with mushrooms. Mushrooms for sure, <laughs> but just like when people get Effort. so caught up in their whole life and they think that this is it, yeah. that that they're they start having like Truman show feelings that Mm. they're the only person and everyone in their whole life is kind of uh, an actor in this play that that's surrounded by them. And I think that that is probably one of the furthest, like the furthest iterations of the ego Mm -hmm. that it is going so far. It's going outside of your own person 
and it's starting to even your ego is is now it's it's gone so big now it's inhabiting you in my own mind so my own mm-hmm. ego has now got into you and it's taking what your behaviors and what you say and it's distorting them and by the time it gets to me I'm hearing different things yeah. like again it's in, putting in a the mask cosmic on. way feelings yeah. again because really the ego communicates in emotion right I don't think it communicates in words really we can translate some of those emotions into words but I think all this stuff, even cosmic, or sorry, even the collective unconscious, I think it's it's an emotional thing, right? Because thoughts and stuff are fleeting and they're and they're transient, but emotions, right? They can be transferred to people and they can be they can be passed on. You can feel, and they're powerful, and they they make changes. And those are the biggest things that actually influence uh, inner inner brain chemistry is your actual emotion emotional state, not just like what you're thinking about. Right, because mm-hmm. you could be happy as hell and start thinking about crazy shit, and you're still happy. Sure. You won't have the same chemical reactions in your brain as if you're like, you know, already feeling bummed and then thinking about heavy duty bad stuff. Again, that's almost back to that whole: if you already have the gene, then you experience some bad stuff, then it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the gene and you experience some bad stuff, there's no guarantee that that gene is going to activate or the, uh, mm. the behavior that that gene usually deals with yeah. is going to activate, right? Well, that's so, how I think with psychedelics is like you can take the psychedelic, you can get the gene, let's say, but then do you take the further step to experience the work that makes that gene work? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Is like the efforts and uh, the use afterwards right. sort of thing. Because again, anyone can just get high. Yeah. Anyone can just take five grams. Yeah. Well, I mean... Well, can and many they, people have, they? and they've just partied, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, that was fun, went to, even my first time, or I cried. went to a concert. Yeah. And look at me now, like. See, that's what I find so interesting. <laughs> I've never done right. that amount, like, publicly. Yeah. Yeah, right. me it's just solo. And, 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 I, and I feel Which responsible for that, too. because I, I've always been a big proponent of, like, make sure, sh- like, I, I, I'm not a big guy to do it in public, even though it was oh, my yeah. first time Absolutely. that I did it in public. I'm. Yeah. I'm the last person to you say. You don't advocate hey. for it. Well, I'm just like I, and especially the way you guys have even done it. You guys have never really used it to party. A lot of people, their mm-hmm. first real I've, way in. Yeah, sorry. But you know what it's like, and maybe you have used it to party, and and I have in in a sense. But it wasn't your first time, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, their very first time, they use it to go to a concert or go to a or have a go to a house party and stuff like that, and. Yeah, maybe you can have a, an interesting time, but are you learning stuff? Does right, right? Mm-hmm. like like what kind yeah. of intelligence are you trying to pick so, up? Something's talking to you that mm-hmm. whole time, and you're just like, "Woo!" Is it going like, "Yo, man, sit yeah, down, listen sure. to me. What's going on here?" Like right. you have a chance. Your ego is gone right now. You have a chance <laughs> to friggin' learn a couple things. Like what's going on? You're just partying. Yeah. Like even like people are on ecstasy and stuff, and they're like they're experiencing like ultimate love and they're just like, Oh, this is great. Like, yeah, it's great. Past past. Great. It's the most awesome thing. You're literally bathed in potentially what the universe is like made of. And somehow this drug is allowing you to literally just live in that whole zone with no other thing actually really involved where I find shrooms really just like opens the door and like you can experience like any aspect of the, of the universe at that point. <laughs> Where, again, I haven't had really, really good personal experience with ecstasy, but that's what I've heard. It's just waves of love and happiness. And it's really, it sounds like euphoric. But, 
again, set and setting are super important, but at the same time, shrooms are able to take you other places. And sometimes it's not all fun and games, but it's if you're open and you're ready, you're going to learn a few things. Mm-hmm. And and it takes a lot of... it. There's going to be some effort, and you're going to have to, unfortunately, crack a few eggs to make the omelet. And that egg happens to be a reality, and you're going to have to shatter it. But... That also just reveals how much your ego is tied to this AKA reality. And it always brings me back that the ego is the guide to this reality. It comes with this reality. It's almost like when you when you in that in that metaphor we're using of logging into the game, if you log into this human experience, you get an ego. It, it comes <laughs> with you. It's like it's like Crash Bandicoot, you know that little yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah. that would like float <laughs> on you. Yeah. Right? He would that's what I imagine like your ego. A healthy ego right that he's there to help you and guide you and if something happens it'll actually pick you up if you fall but it can also turn evil mm. and and overtake you and want to just make every decision for you so i think that behavioralism if we're going to co- co- come back to behavioralism is that's almost that's almost like they've psychologically defined ego the destruction of ego no, just like we're we're slaves to this behavior mm-hmm. that the behavior is the ego, right? Like that where where it says all these infinite moments in time have led up to this moment. That's like, yeah, your ego has guided you this whole time mm-hmm. into this moment right now. And Which it's questions helpful, free will again. But, it, but that's the thing mm-hmm. is that at what point is there no free will because the ego has just taken over? Right. And yeah, now you don't have any free will because you're just making moves based on what your ego tells you to do. <laughs> or you you have realized that, that the ego is there and is helping you and giving you suggestions, but they're not, they're not commands. They're just guidelines. And I think a lot of people, because of the, because of how the ego is, is, manu- is, is set up, is that it, it can easily get overinflated. Because it has to be there. It has to try and be this constant this constant voice that if you're not vigilant in your own spirit and making sure you're on top of your own inner workings beyond mm-hmm. the ego, that the ego can overtake your consciousness. It can become your consciousness and then it can become yourself. And then that, that's you only think you are the ego, right? Again, that's the biggest... The, the, the ego is the biggest con man in all existence. It has, it has tricked you into thinking that it is you. But all the ego is is what you think other think other people think of you, mm-hmm. which can never ever be validated. No. Because even if you asked the other person, they, and, and they tried their best to tell you, they might not be able to put it into words. They might lie. You mm. might not be able to hear it properly. You might right. not understand it. Right. There's it's there's too many layers you might think in they're between. Lying. <laughs> right. Exactly. You might think they're lying. You might think that they're telling the truth, even right. though they're lying. Sure. Right. Like there's so many different ways that you will never actually completely validate what what again, what you think other people think of you, which is dumb. Go and go along with the ride. Like, oh, I think this guy thinks I'm stupid. Like that is that's an egotistical thought. Oh, these people think I'm fucked. It's mentally draining, too, to be in that mindset. How do you know? You have no idea. Did they say you were fucked? Did they tell you you were fucked? Like, no. Out of the one of a thousand things that they're probably thinking about. Yeah, there's some times that maybe you should have your eyes open and be like, yeah, okay, they told me to fuck off and I got to fuck off. But so many times you're just like, you create all these things in your mind and you're like, oh, no, what did I do? And, And that's the ego. And it's healthy because there's times like, oh, you know, you're looking at a cliff 
and your mind goes, oh, what happens if I jump off that for fun? Weep. Oh, I die. Okay, cool. That's a healthy ego because you're li- literally playing out something that's not real. It's a hypothetical situation mm-hmm. and it's going to keep you safe. Right. Or like, hmm, what happens if I, you know, cross this river at a certain time or like maybe I can wait later mm-hmm. or like this. If I go out now, a tiger's going to eat my ass. Like sure. that's good paranoia. Sure. But now we live in a society, at least we do nice in, in Hamilton and in Canada and, you know, where we are. Thankfully, we're living a life where we're not being chased by tigers and being scared out of our wits all the time. So we create these new issues and anxieties and 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 concerns that our brain almost craves. It almost needs these, mm-hmm. these inputs. Well, it right? can also be kind of healthy in that sense too. Cause it's almost like your ego is like a self audit for your like day to day tasks. And like, you can almost in a sense, like mold yeah. your ego to like, kind of be like, mm-hmm, maybe I don't want to do so much of this. You know what I mean? That's kind of where your like morals and ethics could also be shaped as well sure. within that based off of maybe experience. Yeah. Right. Like you, the whole like crash bandicoot thing, like yeah, which yeah. hard drive am I going to get downloaded into? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then how do those experience shape and mold your ego to be like, okay, this is where we're going. Let's resume. Yeah. That's like, again, that's the healthiest manifest- manifestation right. I think of the ego. And I think yeah. again, you do want it to be there to, 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 to guide you. And, um, I think again, that's the thing is that, we don't really understand. We don't. We still don't really understand that it's not really us. Mm-hmm. I think that that's. It's very, very abstract, and it's a. It's an interesting concept to imagine this part of us that exists outside of kind of like who we are in in inside, or it's it's a part of it at least right now. You know, maybe it's kind of a symbiotic relationship where it is. It is us, but yet isn't right in the sense that it is again it's this guide that's just it's gonna it's gonna be there to take you through and there's times where it needs to tap you on the shoulder and say hey you know right maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you should think about you know what's gonna happen what kind of consequences and again that kind of develops more with like a prefrontal cortex and that's like higher operational thinking and stuff but again it's it's hard sometimes to re like to realize until you've kind of separated from this thing that we call the ego. Again, I've had, I've had experiences on psychedelics where I'm coming down and I'm sitting in a room and I literally, it feels like my, my ego has entered the room. Mm. Like it walked through the door and it's kind of in, and it literally came into the room like, Hey, look at me. Like, fuck, shut up. Everybody stop talking (laughs) me right now. And obviously I know no one else can hear this, but I'm kind of like, but then I'm like, yo man, Sit down. We love you. Relax. Everyone's chilling. Come on. Join the party. And it kind of goes like you can feel like there's this energy change where it's like, all right, cool. Like it just it almost wants to be accepted because Mm. so many things are like dissolve your ego, remove the ego, get rid of the ego. So that almost conflates it even more because it's like, fuck you. I need to be here. Yeah. You need me. You, You can't get rid of me. I do. I love you, too. But but I can be overbearing and I can and I can. I want to run the show, mm. but I know I shouldn't, but I will if you but let I me, do. Yeah. right? So it's almost like, again, don't let the ego overrun the show. Right. But I think, again, like, it's interesting. I, I, I just keep thinking back to that metaphor that we talked about where you kind of have this, like, like opening sequence of, of existence where you're like, whom, what existence am I going to choose? Right. And it's just like... So many movies and TV shows and stuff like Westworld. Have you ever seen Westworld? 
really, really cool show. It's based on this old movie um, that essentially, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, essentially it's in the future and it's like this um, mm, adult kind of like um, play, like amusement park. Mm. But it's like hyper-realistic Wild West world. Like wild, like the old Wild, wild, wild West, West. West world. So there's cowboys and natives and, you know, villages and maidens and friggin' barkeeps and all that stuff. But they're all like robots. Mm. They're all like really highly sophisticated robots. And people pay big bucks to then go and have experiences with these robots. You can tell them whatever. You can have sex with them. You can kill them. Like literally you can do whatever you want. And it's all this like cathartic experience for really rich people just to blow off steam and all this stuff. But at the beginning, at the beginning of each like quest or whatever you're gonna do, you get to choose whether you're gonna be a black hat or a white hat. And in in, in old Wild West stuff, the black hats were the bad guys, mm. and the white hats were like the good guys. That's just kind of how it worked. So it's really interesting to me because you mentioned, you know, what do you choose? Do you choose good? Do you choose bad? But if you literally, again, this is what I'm talking about, about supreme objectivity, mm-hmm. is that at a certain point, you'll have experienced every right. good thing right. that you're going to be like, what about all this bad stuff? And you'll live an existence of evil. Right. But it's still an existence and it's still a part right. of, of, of whatever this reality is and it has to be lived because you need balance. Yeah, exactly. But yet... Again, we, we look at it subjectively and say, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is good. But again, I think once we're done in this reality, we transcend that good and evil kind of mentality. Because again, it's that yin-yang. It's that yeah. know, circle. I couldn't agree more. I feel like you only... I feel like the this oneness doesn't care about the good or evil. Right. It's just running yeah, it's the in, cycle. I, it's indifferent to it for sure. For right? sure. So. Like, like there's no thing... I don't like personally when I envision I don't think there's no thing being like oh this is good and this is bad it's just it's just doing the circle right and again. I feel like that's just correlates against like what you're saying it's like it's mm-hmm. just an experience it's not a bad one it's just an, an experience and maybe that's where this whole like inner tuition comes from this like inner wisdom of things of just like maybe common sense of like shared stuff mm-hmm. along the line of this like evolution and robert dives into this as well right of just humans and like your best version of you and the worst version of you they're not necessarily the best or worst of you it's you yeah and he he, he really correlated violence with it sure. which i thought was really amazing because there's two different types of violence there's like a violence where like you know if someone did something bad to someone mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and he says this quote unquote like you want to beat them up you want to get back at them for mm-hmm. what they did knowing they did a poor thing and you wouldn't give a living heck about it. Right, right, right. But if it was an innocent person, it'd be a different story. Yeah. And the different violences that are used in that sense where you can have violences that you're fight or flight mode. And then there's also violences where like, yeah, you're ready, you're amped, and your heart starts to race faster because you know what's coming, but you're still with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You know what I mean? I, it, it reminds me of imagine a soldier trained to kill people, mm-hmm. goes to war, kills people, gets medals for it, right. then comes back to society. Right. We don't want you killing people anymore. Right. But you're still in that mode. But I got medals for this. Like People wanted me right. to do this. It's like identity no, crisis. I don't want, we don't want you doing that anymore. Mm. That's the frustration of coming back to a society with this knowledge. You know, Coming back with the burden of there's so much more to this reality. Again, it's like the allegory of the cave. Right. 
right? You know, Plato's allegory of the cave, right? For anyone listening, um, imagine there's a cave and there's three figures that are seated. They're like prisoned up, chained up. With their backs to a wall and they're chained at the neck to the wall. So they can move their head side to side, but they can't get up and walk around. Um, Behind this wall that they're chained to, uh, there's there's, uh, uh, a fire burning and in front of the fire... There's figures holding images that cast shadows on the wall in front of these chained uh, individuals. And these chained individuals, that's all they've ever known. They've never known anything outside the cave. And those images that dance, the shadows that dance on the wall in front of them are what they perceive reality to be. So essentially, it's saying reality is a projection of of these other objects that are hard for us to even put into words. So this hard is like this is like yeah. Plato's uh, um, realm of forms right. is what that's where he gets to is that's the next thing where there's there's these general forms that reality um, is being projected through or or reality or reality casts a shadow through mm. these images. I'm not it's hard to put into words right now, but essentially the allegory is of the cave is imagine you're one of these people that are chained up and your chains are released and you get up and you stand up for the first time and you see these figures walking in front of the, in front of the fire with these, with these, um, you know, cut out cardboard cutouts on sticks that are projecting these images that you thought was reality. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, the cave leads to an entrance to the cave and you go out and the sun is blinding and you're seeing all these all these uh, objects that to you before as a chained up individual in the cave, you only saw the shadow of. So you only saw the shadow of a butterfly. You only saw the shadow of a horse. But now you're in real reality and you're seeing what that actual object is and what um, that the light was sh- that the that it was casting a shadow. You were seeing what was casting the shadow now instead of just the shadow. Right. So what it's saying is in our reality, we're just looking at shadows. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at what's actually, you know, what is what is the light is hitting to what's make outside these shadows. the cave. And mm-hmm. the, exactly. We're not even outside the cave. Mm-hmm. Right. Which which outside the cave, those those people that are just holding holding those images, they're trying to recreate re- reality for everybody. Sure. But it's a pale comparison of what real reality is. But if, if that's all you're shown, right, um, in this reality, if that's all you're being shown, um, that's all you're going to know. And you're going to think that that's reality. So by eating uh, psychedelics, taking mushrooms, doing something like that, transcendental meditation, you are now exiting the cave. Mm-hmm. Now, the hardest part is bringing that information back. Back to the cave. Because those people that are chained up don't want to hear it. They mm-hmm. kill you. Right. right. He's telling Just the like, truth. Like Kill Bill Hicks said, right? The people that come back to us with this knowledge and say, hey, it's just a ride. Don't worry. Everything's okay. It's going to be okay. We kill them. It's not always physical either. Like you can mentally kill someone just by oh like the challenge. Well, right? that's the thing. And, and that's, that's where those egos get into conflict again. Sure. Like you come back and you understand that yours is so small. And then theirs and yours, whether you know it or not, will fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like how how well uh, tuned in to the fact that it's all a show. Right, right. Well, that, that's almost, again, without that's getting almost like, one thing. Without getting like influenced back into that. That's exactly. Well, right. that's, that's exactly. where I see. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Without getting in, inflated back into their inflation because yeah. you were able to suppress yours. Well, that's where I almost see the ego as 
an overprotect an overprotective figure. Mm-hmm. So if we look at it like that, it kind of it kind of that soft, just wants softens, to be loved. Softens the image of the ego mm-hmm. a little bit. And again, like I said, that moment where I was like, "Hey, man, it's all good. Right. I love you. Sit down." It was like. When it sat down, it kind of sat back into me because I knew it was my ego or shadow or whatever. And it's always like, hey, hey. And you got to be like, yo, See, man, everything's okay. It's now bringing that into like the interaction that you have with people here. Like right. after the trip, after you're doing, like while you're doing the work is you almost have to get outside of yourself to be like both of you now calm down. Right. Like me, my ego, yeah. calm down. And also like, no, you're going to have to somewhat handle the other person's ego naturally. It's not to right. it's not to say like the person's got like oh big ego da da da. Sure. It's just naturally we all have it. So it's like get out of both people, the person what? you're dealing with yeah. and yourself and to yourself. be like both of you calm down. Right. Like you're good. Yeah. You're and that's the thing it. that's that that can it can be reassuring to some people who want it to be, and it can also be like so infuriating mm-hmm. to people who are so tied to their ego. That's it. They can view that as like. You like what? What do you think? You know You're everything, than me. right? Who you are think you? You know who I am. Yeah. You think this and that. It's like it, it, you can clearly see that there's this, that their egos become so much a part of them that that they can't even accept that they that that it even exists, mm. right? Again, how many people really are walking around out there not really understanding what the ego is? We talk about it all the time. We hear people say, "Oh, right. that guy's egotistical." Narcissism gets thrown around all the time even understand what that is again you know we, we we live in a in a reductionist society so the way we kind of figure stuff out is by is by bringing it down to the lowest common denominator and doing mushrooms is going to bring your 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 experience with the ego down to the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. if anything it's going to separate and disintegrate your relationship with your ego and then mm-hmm. when it comes it. back Subject you're going to know you're going to know yeah. what it is right, right? but mm-hmm. again that's that is one way it's not the only way of finding out stuff but it's a good way to remove something right you know you don't know what you have till it's gone kind of thing mm-hmm. once you've even just temporarily felt a, a, a loosening of the bond like i almost in some ways there's no way i like destroy i don't think in any ways i destroyed my ego obviously it still exists so i don't think i destroyed it but at a certain however you want to look at it i got pulled apart from it from a while so if there's an elastic band that still exists between me and the ego, yeah, maybe. But that's it. I'm far away. I can at least experience a lesser degree. And then that just teaches me so much more about when that does snap back, I know, okay, this is what I'm dealing with now, right? Rather than what is this feeling I'm having? What the hell's going on? What mm-hmm. is this shadowy thing that's following me and making me feel certain things? It's like, oh, it's your guide to this reality. It's trying to protect you. Because if you were just pure spirit in this reality, you wouldn't be able to get a job and you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to pay bills and like walk in front of and survive. Bus. Like you wouldn't even be able to put two sticks together to put a roof on your head. You'd literally be like in bliss mode all the time and be like everything's love and you're just like this so is unreal. Right, hundred percent. But then yeah. you don't eat and then you don't drink watts and then all of a yeah. sudden you're done. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's you know there's a, there's a, there's it can go bad. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where I feel. The ego has developed in the sense to say, "Hey, you know, we got it. We got to get up tomorrow." And your ego knows you're back. At least mine does that. It's taken that separation or that break for a bit and come back. Right. Yeah. In a sense, you're, right? you're giving like, the ego a break too. It's like, hmm. 
right. it gets a break from you. Right. Instead of I gotta watch over this it's fucking like this, idiot. It's like day this in like weird out. duality that comes with it too. Right. Well, exactly. It's well, like, hey, I'm thing. back. Like it knows that it went somewhere right. to begin with for it to even right. be like, hey, what's up? Well, because there's always this again. <laughs> yeah. I, I always yeah. I always harken back to movies and TVs. Like, what's the idea of this guardian angel? What's the idea of this thing that follows you around? Like, you know, a wonderful life touched by an angel. There's all these different things where it's literally like a guide following you around. Mo- uh, video games. There's always some Pikachu and right. Pokemon Yellow literally following you around as this helper, mm. which is very positive. Right. But we look at it as this guy following us around and just sabotaging us and putting a stick in our spokes and right. fucking with us. Yeah. And I think that that's un, an unhealthy ego. Yeah. Right. But a healthy ego is there unhealthy to help relationship. you. A healthy relationship. And, and, and in a healthy relationship, no one's there's no power games in a healthy yeah. relationship. Right. No one's going to want to say, hey, get out of my way. This is my job right, right. now. Exactly. In an unhealthy relationship, there's. Even even as the person fighting against the ego, you can you can be like, I don't have one. It doesn't exist. Fight against it. I got to dissolve it. I got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it. And then you might experience a moment away from it. But then when it comes back, it's going to come back with full force. Right. Because I again, I just think it comes with this reality. It comes it's with like this the Kool-Aid man. Jumping and that's not the always like by your choosing either. The yeah. way your ego is going to come up is not by your choosing. Like right. something's going to happen in your life, bang, you're going to be just hit with like, oh man, this is my experience and I was totally just clocked out. And if you're right. like, I never wanted yeah. this and I've wa- been trying yeah. actively to dissolve mm-hmm. it and get rid of it, yeah. Yeah. now it's there even harder, sure. you're going to be even more distressed, right? Whereas if you've if you've spent the time and dealt with it and yeah. like, you know, Young calls it shadow work and stuff and if you've dealt with it and spent the time on it, when it does, when there are moments where it does jump out at you, or you, mm-hmm. or you clash with another person's ego, and your ego feels like it needs to step up to the plate a little bit more, you know at least that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's something you're, so much you're more, more aware. Yeah, that, yeah, that awareness is so much more empowering mm-hmm. to be like, all right, you know, I know what's happening now. I have a way better idea of. Um, of how my ego does react to these certain things. The fact that I even have an ego, right? Like some people, again, that I can more or less personify it in my mind and understand what it is. I, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, until, until you do know, right? Like it's, it's hard to realize because the ego is, is a con man. It, it does it because it wants to protect you. It wants to run the show. That's how I, that's how I see it. Right. Yeah. It also protects you too. You know, whatever you don't know won't kill you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, that's some, the thing. Ignorance and, is bliss. Right. So that's pure ego. Just going. I'm taking. I'm show. taking over. Chill don't out. Sit that. down. I got. Don't worry this. about nothing. Right. Because that shit's bullshit. And and some people, that's what they also would like. Right. They want that. It's kind of like security blanket in a sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like the sit So in back many ways, like there's nothing bad about it, right? Right. Like, there's nothing bad about is. it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Is like there's no good way to go about or bad way to go about it it's kind of almost like personal choice to seek like we've been on a journey to even discuss this topic to begin with sure even just to bring it up as a conversation has been a journey in and of itself and we're still learning and for us to be aware of it exactly it's a constant process right right, right. so like the the effort that we're taking to put into it right there's some for others they're taking effort to not and this is even why we're even doing this podcast idea too i totally agree right that that the fact that we're even talking about it, it just continues to add to the collective and continues to keep going, right? Because I think, like you, like you just said, you know, 
some people aren't even talking about it, right? right? And it's like, you know, at least, and, and in no ways are we saying that we're experts either. We're just, we're just trying to get closer and closer to it and, and, and trying, and by doing this and by actively right. talking about it. And yeah, we might say a lot of things that are wrong and we might come to a lot of realizations as we're talking about it, but that's how it's going to happen. Sure. And in no, and by just thinking, oh, I'm right now, I got mm. all the answers, I'm good. Like even that whole thing with Alan Watts, like once you get the once you get the message, message hang up the phone, hang up the phone yeah. right? Like, I think yeah, hang up the phone, but don't stop learning and don't stop thinking sure, about right. that. You like, can dial a different number. You don't have to have five-hour conversations. You right. can have like ten minutes of meditation. Sure. That's pretty fucking a close. day. Do that over a month. Yeah. Right. right. See what happens. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. And like even just knowing that that knowledge exists in your mind and living with that is something it's, it can be a living testament to all this stuff and uh yeah i think Beautiful. again hopefully again what we're talking about will just continue to spread and continue sure. to spread the love and, right. and you know that's Which what we're like doing that's the why whole you point guys of the are podcast, doing and that's man. why you guys are doing yours yeah. it's to spread knowledge and you know wisdom and hopefully and also receive yeah, yeah as well and hopefully people that are listening to that may have never even thought about this stuff right they start to get an idea. Start cracking some shells. Because that's how it has to go. It has to be spread that way. It has to be spread around. And right. That's the only way we that, can do That's it. the only way. Exactly, yeah. man. That's the perfect way to end it. Nice. That, beautiful, that, brother. That, I love that it. That was sick. That was beautiful. Nice. Awesome, man. Thank Always a pleasure. so much for having me back, Can't man. wait till next pleasure, time. Man. Hey, everyone. Thanks for, for listening. Sure. That was awesome. Uh, you know, if you liked what you heard, please yeah. subscribe. Rate the podcast. Check out the Patreon. Big Mark. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Big Mark pod. Sir. We love you. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Peace. Peace. Thanks, Jay, man. See ya.